welcome everybody to the, the Cold World Podcast. This is the actual, the pilot, the very first one. I'm Jeff Coleman, um, Tennessee volunteer. And I wanted to just, before we get into my guest, my special guest tonight, just talk a little bit about, you know, what this show and what this platform is going to going to be about. I've had the, the pleasure of doing a lot of shows with Billy Radliff, uh, Jarnell, Lexus, a lot of people on this, uh, this platform and had some great conversations. And I just want to just kind of expand on what a lot of things, a lot of my peers are doing, uh, just to give people a platform. We're going to talk about some uh, social issues. We're going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about sports, pop culture. And then sometimes how all that stuff ties in together. We're going to have these conversations and give people, you know, the platform to come on here, tell their stories, you know, talk about what they're doing. Uh, in their life, in their communities, you know, they can talk about some of the things that, you know, they've, they've done to get to where they are. So that's, that's what the Cold World Podcast is going to be about, just, you know, giving people a platform to talk about their stories. And then, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about things that are going on, you know, try to pull it all together. So with that being said, my, my, my special, special guest tonight, you know, my, my brother, partner in crime, you know, the only, the reason why I'm even sitting right here talking to you right now. You know, Billy Big Worm Rattler, uh, the pride of Mississippi. So I wanna, I, I don't, let me just say this, I wanna, I want, we gonna talk about a lot, you know, cause there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. We, we don't even have time tonight to really get into it, but um, we just gonna talk a little bit about your journey coming up, you know, in, being in Mississippi, going to Tennessee, you know, that transition of you, you know, we could talk about how, you know, how it ended and what, what happened after that and just what got you to where you are right now and talk about, you know, the future, where you're trying to go to. So introduce yourself, Billy Ratliff. What's up, man? How you doing, man? I'm glad. Hey, I like this, man. You, you got me, <laughs> you know, say got chills like I'm about to go play a game or something, JC. What's up, man? See, I didn't want to gas you up. I was going to run down your, your bio and talk about, you know how you know, how great you were, but I, I ain't gonna do that. I'm gonna let you let you do a little bit of it yourself. But everybody already knows, so I ain't even have to burn up some of our time doing it. So, well, JC, man, hey, I tell you this, man. I mean, I'm I'm back in Knoxville, Tennessee, man. You know, originally from Magnolia, Mississippi. Um, Magnolia, hold up, stop. Let's 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 stop there. Magnolia, Mississippi. Let's talk about Magnolia. What's up? Tell, 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 tell me about growing up in Magnolia. So you born and raised in Magnolia? Born in the N.O., New Orleans, Louisiana. I'll, see, that's why I, that's why I want to go, because I heard something different. I, so I heard you an N.O. boy. So how, how, how long did you live in N.O. before you got to Magnolia? Uh, say, say, what, six years old, man. I left there, and um, you know, my mom, I was with my, my dad's family down there with my grandmother. And you know, my mom was working in Mississippi. Um, at the jail and stuff, um, at the women facility and stuff. And, and you know, they, she got a big promotion. And I mean, I had to move up there because that's where my family was at. And moved to Magnolia, Mississippi, man. And <laughs> that's where things started, man. I jumped from first to third grade. So what, what do you remember? You remember anything about, because, you know, there's that connection at Magnolia, New Orleans. You, what, do you, what do you remember about New Orleans, your time there? Man, that's a besides lot. the food, besides the food, I know you remember the food. That's, I mean, like that's a lot of good things and, and mostly a lot of bad things, man. Because you know, I, I grew up around a lot of crime, man, and you know, seeing a lot of stuff going on. But you know, my grandmother she kept us clear of all that trouble, so you know, it was a simple situation for me to 
you know, the transition from New Orleans to Mississippi was pretty simple because, you know, my family that was in Mississippi, you know, they coming from New Orleans, I had the same ropes and basically everything was the exact same. You know, the only thing that was different for me with a culture shock was the people, you know, I, I came from thinking like I was city boy and country boy and really it was just the same stuff. And, you know, we, we, we had a good time. And when I, when I got there, you know, like I said, I mean, the, the hardest part for me, I think was, you know, leaving my grandmother, you know, and, and, you know, cause she was basically raising me at this time, you know, and, you know, it, the, the part that made me happy to leave was the fact that, you know, I was a 24 seven church, everything. I couldn't really do much. You know, I was, you know, you know, every, every meeting, you know, when you hear all the comedians, you know, <laughs> you know the doing of me, it didn't matter what it was. I mean, <laughs> choir, Bible. How long did that, that building fund, that building fund was there from the time you got you know, it? It's, I, I it's still they, going right now. Yeah, I think so, man. I think they finally got everything done. <laughs> but no, man, Um, I'm glad that we did it, man, because, you know, I grew up, you know, a little bit slower pace in Mississippi, you know, especially with the education part. You know, I said I, I jumped from first to third grade when I went to Mississippi because. Yeah, that's, how, that's why you were 16, 17 when you got to Tennessee. So, yeah, you know. that's what it was. See, everybody yeah. thought I was smart, which I, I mean, I, I ain't going to pat myself on the show, but. So let so let's talk about that Mississippi. So how because everybody knows well. I think most people know that as soon as you played it, you know, to be especially that size, you're a super athletic guy. And I remember that when you first when you first got there, and you they say like, he's a linebacker. I was like, there's no way this dude was a linebacker. Then I saw him run. I was like, okay, he could be a linebacker. So you know, you've seen the story about the the guys down in Florida, the ones you know chasing jackrabbits, doing things of that nature. What was there anything in Mississippi that you guys that, that was this just something that God touched Billy and said you got this, or was this something that you know being in Mississippi growing up playing? What all sports did you play, and what helped build that athleticism that we would see later on at Tennessee? I'll tell you this, man. Like you know, I had a lot of uncles, man, that was into all types of sports and stuff, and. Most of my uncles, you know, it was like local stars and stuff, you know, with a softball or, you know, anything. And, and they was always the, the celebrities of, of the city. And, you know, and I had this one uncle, man, it was Uncle Robert, man. And it's, this man was so fast, man. I'm talking about if he hit the ball to center field playing softball, he would make it home. And that's how fast he was. And, and you know, I looked up and I was like, man, sure, if he fast like that, if I can become that fast, Shoot, man, can't nobody beat me. And, you know, once I, I the thing is, I think the man let me beat him this one time, man. And, and he, you know, he did. He probably let you. I, I really do, man, because I was about 14 years old, man. And we raced in the street by about 30 yards and I got him. And JC, man, when I say, man, that the confidence it gave me for speed, I was, it instilled that confidence. He knew, he probably knew that too. He need, he needed I mean, to give you that confidence in what it took. It, it was to the point where I didn't care who would get up on the side of me. You you gonna take an L? I'm gonna be right there on your heel. I ain't care you know, who it was. And 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 that's something that I always thought about. I mean, and you know, I remember when I got to Tennessee, though, JC. And I ran that 40, the first time I ran it, and I, I ran like a 4.68. And Jermaine had ran like a 4.71, Jermaine Copeland. Yeah. 
And of course, you know, everybody was like tap jumping on me like I had did something special. I'm like, man, that's uh, as I don't know what. <laughs> you know, because I'm I'm thinking I'm I'm running a four, 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 five, and all this stuff, and you didn't get the real stuff. But my uncle, man, I give it to him. I pay tribute to him, man, as for his keeping me, you know, aware of stuff, you know, and I had a, especially with the basketball, you know, my uncles, yeah. they all play basketball and then, you know, they still mad at me because I didn't play basketball, but of course I couldn't continue to play basketball because of the knee when I, you know, I heard hold up, hold up, stop, stop. So you, you know, hold on. hold on, hold on. So, you know, you talk about basketball, you talk about knee so that you, you automatically get me to the story of, you know, I don't know if it was the second, third or fir first time you tore your ACL. It was one of the injuries. I, I, I lost track, brother. Like, brother got hurt so many times. But that gets me to just being super athletic. You, and I tell people this story, and they, some people believe, well, the people who were there obviously believe it, and some people that know you believe it. But I tell other people this story, they don't believe it. It's like, how, how much were you, when you, the story, you know the story I'm talking about. How much were you weighing at the time you did this? And I'm, I'm going to tell them what you did after that. Um, I, was about you, two, I was about 275, man. 275? Okay. So this man, took, you're probably less than two weeks away. It might have been the same week, but it was less than two weeks away from you tearing your ACL. And we're at the – over by the Hyper or wherever we were playing basketball. And this man with a torn ACL at 275-pound dunks a basketball. So that right there, that, that cement in it for me was like this is, this is truly one of the most athletic individuals. I've ever seen to, for one, have that kind of dexterity. Even at 275, I was, I was still, because I used to play basketball too, I was healthy and still was struggling to, to dunk. I could still dunk at the time, but it didn't come easy anymore. So to see that, I was like, all right, I'm done, man. It's like, I know, I knew it wasn't going to take him too long to come back too. So tell, tell what was going through your mind to even try that and to let you know you could even do it. Well, you know, this is my red shirt freshman year, man, you know, and I had just tore my ACL playing against Southern Mississippi. And, of course, you know, I can't do anything, can't practice, can't do nothing. And actually, no, that's the second one. Now let's go to the first one. Was, yeah. <laughs> it was the first one, man, um, which is the first one was my red shirt. First one would have been against South Carolina when I'm playing DN. <laughs> so I tore my ACL. And of course, you know, I didn't tell nobody that I tore it at that time or whatever. But once I knew I tore it and everything and I told the coaches and stuff and Rolo had found out what happened and they told me I had to have surgery and stuff, but they told me it wasn't going to be for like two, three weeks. I had to straighten up this quad muscle and all this stuff to, to be able to have a, a good recovery or something like that. Of course, you, right. I'm young. I didn't yeah, you you got to rehab before the surgery yeah, to build it up. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't care about that. I was like, man, yeah. I can't practice. I can't do nothing. Man. So I'm, I'm over there. I'm walking. Um, I actually, I mean, I was getting ready to go over to somebody's place over there. Somebody. The, the friend I was don't, going to don't, see. Yeah, don't, don't tell who you was going to see, man, you know. Um, and I'm walking in through um, Stokely. And I know where you were going, by the way. I remember where you were going, <laughs> anyway. And the the, uh, the men basketball team, they was out there just playing pick-up basketball. And I'm like, shoot, I'm about to go out here and play, too, shoot. Hey, crib out there, I'm going to go out there. <laughs> so I go out there, I'm out there shooting with them, you know. These, they out there balling. I'm like, man, these dudes are sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Y'all play back. I ain't tell them that though. Like, y'all play basketball. So I start hooping with them and stuff. And you know, I'm 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 taking the ball to the hole and and then when I go up and dunk, and uh <laughs> I remember Tony <laughs> tore hair, he was like, What the don't look, I'm like, what what? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and I, I remember um I forgot what coach he was, the men basketball coach at that time. I forgot his name. That was Kevin O'Neill that was there at the time. That was O'Neill. He's the one that told on me, though, man. <laughs> he went, you know, he was basically trying to find out. I guess he thought I was a walk-on. And mm-hmm. he was trying to find out, you know, who I was. And they told me play football. And that got back to Coach Foreman. <laughs> Coach Foreman didn't like it. <laughs> Foreman wasn't the guy you needed to worry about. It was Rolo you needed to yeah, worry about. Yeah, it was Rolo. I wasn't worried. See, I was worried about Coach Foreman. But I was really worried about about Rolo because Rolo he didn't play, man. That's nah. that's the first thing. Hey, I'm gonna tell you that that's one of the, one of the few things that I was told as a freshman: do not get on Rolo's bad side. And yeah. and it was true throughout the whole my whole career. I see guys didn't listen to that one statement. It, it cost some careers now. <laughs> but well, because Ro- I knew it was serious with Rolo when. You know, we were practicing and, you know, if it was a storm or something like that or whatever, it was, he was too hot or whatever, he didn't ask Coach Former anything before. He looked up at the dude with the horn and was like, blow it. He said, when he, could, when, he had the, when he had the power to shut down practice without talking to Phil, I already knew what time it was at that point. And I, Mike Rolo was – if, if, if there was a call about somebody practicing, playing or whatever, that was Rolo's call. He wasn't trying to hear what anybody else was talking about because, and there was a reason why we figured out, you know, that he had that best interest of every, you know, everybody, his best interest at heart. So that's why what was motivating him. He wasn't going to let somebody go out there and do something that they need to be doing. Mike Rolo was my <clears throat> friend, man. Like, Rolo, Rolo's my guy, man. Once you get to know him, he's funny, man. He had the dry sense of humor. Yeah. And it was just like, you, you tell a joke with a straight face. And it's like, you know, you had to you had to know him to know he was joking. And yeah. that's that's a legend, man. That's like, he's just, you know, him, Stucky. That's the fact. Everybody talks about the players and the coaches and everybody else. But, man, you know, without Rolo and Stucky, we weren't anything. Like, it was like, we, if they didn't, we didn't have them propping us up, you know, we wouldn't have been what we were. Yeah, that's that's how basketball went with me, man. I mean, I just love. I mean, to me, when I first played, I mean, that was like my wasn't my favorite sport, but it was it was a sport that it got the women, the girls back in high school too, man. You know, <laughs> you're right about that though, because your football, can't nobody see your face. They don't like, you know, you you know you because I I I can see you now running through the the warm up line on your tiptoes. You know, Warren run on his tiptoes first of all. He, I can see him doing a little cool job, doing a little tiptoe thing. Yeah, I, I can see you doing that. Oh, uh, man, it was it was fun, man. I mean, I used to do a, you know, I used to, I used to mess with the crowd too, JC. Like, I never dunked in a game in high school. Stop it. Stop. I would be, I would be on the fast break, JC, and I would go up and just lay it up off the glass and touch the glass. <laughs> the crowd would be like, oh. oh. <laughs> But practice, right. my my hand be all cut up and everything. We turn the rim up. <laughs> all right, all right, so cool. So so now I know. I know where you got some of your athleticism from. I know, you know where the basketball thing comes from. So t- so take me to when you got when you were in high school, Magnolia. 
were you still playing about you, you played basketball yes. some in high school so you're playing you cut it on to basketball football right yes i played yeah i played basketball football baseball for one game and i quit curveball got you didn't it that's what got me <laughs> Curve, so i couldn't that, 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 like, that, that left hand is no joke well when curveball like, got me touch your, your eyeballs and then go swoop no so i'm gonna tell you I, that baseball was my favorite sport until <laughs> I was probably it was a little bit before it was right around probably ninth grade. I got to that point, and um, I, I was up. I got in the batter's box. And, you know, I'm, I'm digging in, big dude, um, Gooch, Jeff Gooch was uh, I think was his name, and he you know I knew he was known. He had a good fastball because I've been playing with him since we were small, man. But he he was like a real baseball player. Come to find out, and I'm in the in the box, man, and I'm like he 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 lets go. And I see the ball coming, like, when he lets it out of his head, it's coming, like, right at my face. So I bailed out, hit the ground, everything. I'm on the ground, and I hear the, the ump say, stride. I'm like, what? He threw me, like, a little nasty curveball. I was like, man, I, I can't do this, man. I was like, I already know. That let me know right there. I was like, this, this isn't for me because I'm not sitting there with the ball coming at my face, waiting on it to curve. I was like, all right, I'm going to finish because I ain't quit. I'm going I'm to finish this out, but um, I, I can't keep doing this. And that, like, I can hit a fastball. I can hit some changes, but that curveball, man, it, it, that was that was my Achilles heel. That's what got me uh, off the off the diamond right there. So, Magnolia, you play, you play, you play basketball, you play football, you play the one baseball game. So, talk to me about – so, I, I can't remember – with your class, your what was it? Yeah, your class coming out, you a linebacker. What puts you in position coming out of Miss? Because I, I, we, we all know Mississippi has as ball players. But um, what class? What class were y'all in the school y'all played in? Uh, Foy. Y'all were Foy. So what y'all? Mississippi goes to five A, right? Yes. All right. So you were one of the bigger Mississippi. We we know Mississippi Tiger. You know the athletes come out of Mississippi. So talk to me about your high school years in, in Mississippi and what, what made Tennessee come plug. And they, I, I know I was there when they were, when they was coming to get you. So I know how they wanted you. What made them want to come plug Billy Rattler out of Mississippi as bad as they did. Talk, talk to me about that. Man, JC, what's, what's funny about you asking that question, man, I talked to a guy today that I played with in the uh, Mississippi all-star game. Um, Antoine Edwards that went to Clemson. I know Antoine that was, you know, I'm, I'm from South, you know, I know Clemson because I'm, yeah, I and, remember Antoine. And we was talking yeah. about, they, they got this, um, this Mississippi um, high school site on Facebook that we, I just joined and they was talking about, well, he was talking about, you know, what high school team is better than his high school team or whatever. Right. You know, he's like, we ran through everybody we played against and then everybody was posting on the page. They say, well, do you remember y'all played Saul Pike in that state championship game? <laughs> And and y'all y'all didn't y'all, it was 13 13 and y'all kicked the field goal to win. He's and then this is what he said. He said, if the field condition wasn't as bad as it was, we would have whooped them worse. And JC, and this would and 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 and, and I'm a, and I told him that today. I said, You lucky the field conditions the way they were, because you probably wouldn't have made it through the first quarter. Because I'm taking your ass out the game. <laughs> See. We had one of those, man. We lost our state too. We fourteen and zero. We lost the state championship game two to nothing. We were playing. Funny you say, talking about Antoine. We played in Clemson Stadium, and they had that raggedy Bermuda. It rained all week, and I don't use that as an excuse. We lost, but yeah, field conditions were the same thing for that game right there too. 
So I, I already know what you're talking about. It was funny, man. And of course, you know, everybody on, I ain't had to say nothing. You know, everybody already backing me up. They said, man, Billy Relief took out two dudes on one play. <laughs> but no, but Tennessee, I think what they liked about me, man, when they came got me, man, was the fact I can run to the ball. I'm knocking people's heads off. And I was just a straight head hunter, man. I mean, I mean, I'm averaging 15, 16 tackles a game, you know, 14 solo. I mean, it was, that's all I wanted to do was knock people's heads off. I always, you know, looked at Mike Singletary, you know, and guys like Derek um, Thomas, you know, DB, Derek Brooks. I mean, those guys, that's who I, I wanted to play like. And all I wanted to do, man, was just knock somebody's head off, man. I mean, I ain't have time. I ain't want to celebrate or nothing. I get up and go straight back to the huddle and wait till the next play, and I'm going to try to knock your head off. I didn't have no – that's all I wanted to do, man, was just run to the ball and knock people's head off. I didn't even want to play offense because if I played offense – You like me? Man, I hate – I don't want to do it. People wanted to hit me the way I wanted to hit <laughs> you. Right. I don't want no part of that. <laughs> so that's your point because I, I, I knew the mentality I had as a defender, I'm like, why do I want to subject myself to what I'm trying to do to other people, get them a chance to do it to me? I didn't care about them scoring the touchdowns or whatever. I just want to, I'm like you, I just want to knock somebody's head off. I just want to stop you. I want to break your will and stop you from scoring. I don't care about that. You know, that's, you know, for the fancy people, that's the poor people want to play offense. Like, I didn't even want to do that. So I feel you on that. It was fun, man. High school football, man. I mean, my coaches, they had a scheme for me that, that just, it made our defense just crazy, man. I mean, it would, it'd be rare that anybody would score more than 13 points. If they do, I mean, I'm on the sideline because most of the time it's going to be either zero, three, or six. There you go. That's all with them. I mean, I, I, I told Coach, and, and I always say, Coach, I just want to play defense. I don't care what it is as long as I can hit people. And he came up with this other thing, JC, man, punt return, man. He put me on punt return, man. And then he had I, I, I think I, I I don't know if I saw the film on this, but I I think we may have seen this. Somebody put it on before you got there. And they like, look at this big dude on punt return. Like, oh I, I, I I think I saw this before you actually got yeah, there. I, I, I watched it recently, man, and I I, yeah. I felt bad now, man. Now that I like, because it's a cut up of me just on punt return, yeah. and I'm the lead man on punt return, and everybody think they gonna knock the punt returner out, and every time that guy that's about to hit my man goes out on the stretcher, an ambulance, back to Southwest Hospital every game, <laughs> they start. They say they got to the point where they started trying to kick it away, but they didn't know that. All I had to do was just find the ball, my, my punt returner, and go to where he at and knock whoever trying to hit him and put him to sleep. <laughs> I didn't even catch. I see, I, it was a point, man, I didn't even see people doing fair catch. Mm. I mean, if they didn't put it up high enough by the time I got my eyes down to see you, they going night-night. <laughs> It was right, like watching so, a movie program, JC. <laughs> so, so we've established that Billy Ratliff dominated high school football. So we got we got that part out the way. So now let's let's take Billy Ratliff to Knoxville, Tennessee. You know, we we all did our thing. We we convinced Billy Ratliff to bring his talents to Knox Vegas. So let's let's talk about that. Like, give me the the how do you feel about? Give me the overall view before we start getting into some specifics. You know, there are specifics. Just tell me how do you feel. Do you and people ask me this question? That's why I want to ask you that question. First of all, people ask me like, would you 
change, if you could go back and do it over, would you change your decision and, and, and potentially go somewhere else? And then talk about how you think your time there went. I'll tell you this here. I mean, I don't think I would change because, you know, every school that I went to was all totally different. I mean, there was not one college I visit that was the same. Now, the one thing that stood out with Tennessee, it wasn't the facilities or the nah. team or anything because I didn't know anything about Tennessee. The only thing I ever knew was Heat Shuler, number 21. That's the only thing I've heard about Tennessee. <laughs> I ain't know no Rocket Top. I ain't know no, no, the, um, the, the, the Smokey. I didn't know none of that stuff. And when I got to Tennessee, it was, it was, it was one thing that really stood out was the players. They had just like everybody back in my house. <laughs> Somebody that's on yeah. my team act just yeah. like one of these dudes that I'm, I'm yeah. with you. I ain't care if it was like the host or like, like mm-hmm. my class. It was it was just like that. And then when I got there, that's when it 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 it, it was it was real though because these dudes they they took me in. Well, let me sl- slow it down a little bit because when I got there. You know, everybody, you know, you expect for it to just be like it was on your recruiting trip and everything, but they did everything to get you there now. <laughs> so <laughs> let me let me let me jump in because I know what you might because well you might not get to it, I'm gonna get to it. So because we we either had to stop you from going home or somebody had to come and get you from home multiple times during those first two two years or so when we were here. Worm going home for the weekend. Oh, hell no. He might not come back. Don't let Worm go home or y'all check on Worm before he go because we need to get big bro back. We need uh, to get bro back up here. So, and we all went through that to a certain degree. So, yeah, t- t- I know. So, let, let's talk about that a little bit. I was like, well, I'll tell you this. You know, like my freshman year, it was, it was tough, man, because, you know, you're talking about coming to college at age 16. You know, you've been away from your family and stuff. And, you're not used to being by yourself, you know, taking care of yourself, doing stuff your own. And, you know, I'm used to I my mean, mama's boy, you know, you, you think you're going to always be there. And I got hurt during the freshman practices, you know, um, and, and I, I, relate. I was already hurt. I had shin splints and stuff. And and that's what it was. What got me, though, was the fact that I felt like they didn't treat me the same. They who? Let's to, talk, they who? Who are we talking about? Everybody, man. I mean, like the coaches, the <laughs> trainers, the Rolo, everybody, man. Because even even though they did, I didn't feel that way because when I got hurt, you know, they 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 let me go back to the dorm room. They gave me this yeah. little thing that was called the bone stimulator for my shin splint, yeah. and, I, and I think it was a mind thing. That damn thing didn't work. <laughs> and I'm in the room, you know, every day. I go to training room, meetings, training room, room. Mm-hmm. And this is summer. I mean, this is like right before, like, uh, it's fall camp. It's right, right. Before. And the next day, my roommate, Ayan Martin, he tore his ACL. And what got me was the fact that they sent him home with his family to rehab with his knee. So, you know, in my mind, I'm like, hold on, man. 
They knew you were. They didn't, they couldn't let you go home, man. They knew that you already hoped. So you gotta you you gotta admit we knew you were already showing signs of homesickness before that. That's why they didn't want you to go home. Ion was in the state of Tennessee. They figured he's not that far away. They gonna let him. Hook. They didn't want you to go home because they didn't want you at Ole Miss, Southern Miss, Mississippi State, wherever the case may be. So, but I, I and I understand the mental talk because me and you both we got that same connection too. I got hurt my freshman year. I'm sitting out. I'm sitting. There's nothing worse than while they're out there practicing, you sitting over there in rehab, and you sitting in your dorm, or they go on to a game, and you over there, you can't do anything. Like I know what kind of mental toll. Like my injury, even though I was in the cast for I, the, the world's longest foot <laughs> injury for like nine months, it's like that wasn't as bad as what it does to you on top. Because and my mom was like, "You, you gotta, you gotta." tough that out you know I try to go home it's like no because any that's the the inclination is to you retreat to what you know because you haven't been there long enough to establish your 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 roots enough when you get hurt like that your freshman year so I know what it was and it was like I told we okay we used to talk like we can't let we can't let Warren go home man he ain't coming back we gotta we gotta keep him up here because you know he, he might not make it back up here See, look, and then when they took when I young went home, right? You know, I'm I'm pissed off in the room. This thing on bone stimulate on my leg and stuff. You know, I'm thinking I'm gonna get healthy real quick because it's, I ain't never seen this gadget before. And I got what was called pale green. Man, <laughs> I, got, woo, hey, I had fifteen hundred and sixty-five dollars. Hey, hey, I had never seen a bill bigger than a ten-dollar <laughs> bill, man. And man, and I got. $1,500? Man, when Miss Seller told me I had a check at the bursar's <laughs> office, I hopped my butt up and went over and got that check, and I ain't know what to do with the check, man. I'm like, I got a check here. I ain't called mom and tell her nothing. Because I knew if I told her, she'd have told me to send that thing to the crib. That's right, right. Man, but, so, then I, uh, but I hit Cap rowing up. Cap, hey, Cap said, hey, man, we're going to yeah. take you to First Tennessee, get your bank account, yeah. get it open. Right there. I said, okay, cool, boom. Now I got a some checks. I ain't never had no checkbook before. I got checkbook. And this little card they gave me. I'm like, I ain't never had I got a credit card. I ain't know what that was, though. I'm country boy. I ain't know nothing about that stuff. Right. But again, we and, can't let you not now that you we definitely can't let you go home now. Because man, you got a checking account, you got a card, you go home and you know you're in show the off of your now. friends, like can't let you go. Man, so we we got that's a good we we need we got it we got somebody a uh, whole other brother that popped in on us that we got to go ahead and let everybody know to join. Riggs, what's up, brother? Beast University. Warren, what's happening? What's what's going on, Mr. Riggs, what's going on, man? How y'all fellas doing? Hey, we good, man. Bless, man, can't complain. How you doing? Can't complain yeah. either, man. You know what I mean? Trying to make it happen. It make it happen in this uh in this COVID world we live in. <laughs> hey, I so, everybody yeah. got that taco meat on their face. Hey, look, man. Yeah. Look, I, I, oh, my stuff, I, I, my, my stuff is all decked out. You know what I mean? I'm kind of like I'm kind of the hair out. Face, yeah. so I wouldn't got my hat. You know what I mean? Because I know my 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 hair. Right hey, I ain't so taking hat. Got my hat. You know what I mean? Cover up a little. You know, get it so, straight. So that you just you just brought you came in at a good time. We're gonna segue and out. You know, me and Warren, we were talking about his journey and how we got here. So, I, and I know we, we're talking about how, I know how Worm got to, you know, some of his injuries while he was there. I talked about some of mine, too. 
hate to like come in on that note, but I I know your story and I know some of the things that that you dealt with while you were at the University of Tennessee too. So mm-hmm. you know, come in and you know talk talk a little bit about that because I think and the reason why I say that because I think that plays a part. I know it definitely plays a part in all three of us and where you know the path mm-hmm. we took after that and like how we deal with stuff after that. So right. I think this is a good time. You know, it's not always not it's not always pretty. But I think you, we do need to talk about it and let people hear about it and see, you know, you know, talk about, you know, some of your experience in Tennessee, you know, what, what you dealt with while you were there, um, with that situation. So mine was, you know, mine was a little different. You guys got hurt a little bit early. I got hurt early, late, middle. Yeah, <laughs> all like, that stuff, right? So hey, we don't my, want to talk about that now because I got <laughs> hey. Yeah. My thing, my, my injury story was, was kind of a crazy one because um, kind of to set the stage for it, uh, I had a really good junior year, and I contemplated coming out. And, um, you know, I was splitting time, and, you know, we were the first – me and Cedric were the first guys to ever go for over 1,000 apiece yep. on the same team. Uh, at, at the time, we were the first ones in the SEC to ever do it. So, you know, they were like, hey, man, you, you did all of that sharing time. Think what, think what will happen if it's just you. Um, so I was kind of enticed by that. And then at the last minute, I was still getting ready to go. I was actually like, look, man, I'm ready to go. I'm good. I, 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 I can live with all of that. I'm trying to get paid now. And my mom stepped in the last minute. She was like, hey, you promised me you was going to you know, try to graduate or at least get close. Uh, you know, and hey, this is a really big opportunity for you. And, you know, so I kind of I trusted my mom on that one and was like, look, you know, okay, fine, I'll stay and come back. Uh, did everything I needed to do to be that guy. And then we get, you know, obviously that year, people remember that 2005 year. That was a, that was a really uh, crazy year because we had so many people get injured. Uh, I think we lost, oh my God, we lost in consecutive weeks. We lost Jason Allen. We lost Sears. Uh, and then the next week uh, I was gone. Right. So I came back for all of that just to get hurt in against Alabama in week eight. Um, and when I got hurt, you know, I knew pretty much like, okay, it was done. Cause what, what was the injury? I forget. Was it your um, so ankle? To make it really simple. A lot of everybody knows what T.O. did the year he was with Philly and it yeah, happened. It was early ankle. He was yeah. in to come back. He broke, he tore all the ligaments in his ankle and broke his That's leg halfway that. up. Cause he got horse collar. Yep. The exact same thing happened to me. Like, as a matter of fact, Dr. Andrews, who's my who's been my doctor, uh, he did he did my surgery, and he was like, "You want to see something cool or see some uh, see something cool or kind of crazy?" I was like, "Sure." So he put two X rays up against the uh, against the uh, the deal, and uh, I said, "Dang man, like that's crazy, bro! Like my injury, you know what I mean?" He was like, "That's you, and that's Terrell Owens, the exact same injury." I was like, "Dang, that's crazy!" So. Did the exact same thing, um, and, you know, I was basically done. There was, you know, healing time was going to be probably six six to eight months. I actually ended up healing in five, which was crazy. That was like a, a medical marvel, but I was – but not in time to come back for the season. So, uh, now, mind you, that year, they built me up for the Heisman. I was on – Preseason All-American that year. You're yeah, on the Heisman list. list. Yeah. All-American. I was on the Heisman short list for the Heisman. Uh Guys like me, Reggie Bush, uh, Adrian Peterson, Matt Leinart, who was a return winner. 
so, you know, it was, it was set up to be a really good year. And then obviously, you know, we didn't have as much success as everybody thought. And then I get hurt. Um, so after I got hurt, uh, you know, it was kind of a weird time, man, but like, Talk, well, stop right there. Hold on, hold on. Talk about this. when you say weird time. What do you mean by a weird time? Because, because we we we're, we're, we're just talking about when it get like weird stuff happens to you mentally. Yeah, like stuff like, happens to you. People walk away from you. You well, don't that feel the, the love that anymore. Was, that, was, so. that was the reason why it was such a weird time for me. Because okay. let's talk up, about that. You know, growing up my entire life, you know, obviously being the son of an NFL, you know, player and Super Bowl winner and Pro Bowler, and, you know, having the success that I had. Uh, you know, I had, I mean, hell, I had to stop to, you know, have, making friends. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, you know, it was kind of one of those things like, you know, all right, I'm good. No you know new friends. No I'm new good. friends. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good on that. And, you know, you would think that the people that knew the most about you, who saw your evolution, saw how, you know, because when I came into college, man, like, I was like a lot of guys, man. You know, I had, I had a lot of resources at my disposal and had a lot of, uh, 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 avenues to gain information that a lot of people didn't have, but at the same time, I was still an 18 year old kid, man. Like I wanted to do my own thing, you know. So I was wild, I was crazy, I was making mistakes and and you know making bad decisions and things like that. Um, but I, you know, I turned things around and got myself together and was like, look, you know, I really want this bad enough, and tried to prove to everybody that you know I really wanted to be there and deserved to be there. So, you know, when I got hurt, like there was nobody. And that was the thing that like hit me the worst was like, crazy thing is I had five people come and visit me in my, uh, in my hospital room after I had my surgery. Only one of them was a football player and he was a kicker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was a kicker. And so he was the dude that, you know, actually two of them, it was two kickers. You know what I mean? That came and was like, you know, cause they, they, you know, we had to struck up a friendship and, you know, yeah. it was it was a genuine friendship. So they came to see me and then some other homies that I had uh, that were just regular students. You know, it was Halloween, too, which made it worse. So they were all dressed up. But they came in there, <laughs> took pictures and was like, yo, man, like, you know, we love you. Get out, you know, get better. You know, when you get better, we'll be waiting on you and stuff like that. But not one teammate came to see me. Not one coach came to see me. Not one coach called. Nothing. Um, and here it so is. I was your All-American. I was your Heisman guy. I was one of the guys that, you know, regardless of how the season went, like I was still going out there, man, going to war for my, for my boys every Saturday. And, um, and so that one just hurt, that one hurt, man. Like that one really hurt because you would think like, you know, of all the people that would be there for you in that moment, you would think it'd be the people that saw you go through the most. Yeah. And so let me, let me tell you about that. So I, cause we talked about how I got hurt early and I got hurt late. So I, I got injured my, that's why, you know, red shirt <clears throat> my freshman year, but I also got hurt in the SEC championship game, you know, in between that, that and the national championship game right. to where now I will say when I got hurt that game, now my, my teammates, you know, were there. And right. it was like, we all, because even after the game with, and the, the, they came to my hotel room just so we celebrated together. But there was right. that period between there and the bowl game it was like it was a weird, weird time because even as much as they tried to be there, even I ain't gonna say they fell off, but they fell off a little bit. And even as I was trying to figure out what we were gonna do, because I had people in my ear telling me, "Don't go back out there. You need to try to rehab, have surgery, and try to do whatever after that." But then it's like, no, well, you need to play here, and I want to play too. So I needed somebody probably to protect me from myself and say, "No, you don't need to come out there." Because when I watched that game, I'm dragging my leg around the whole time. But it was weird from. 
the coach, everybody, again, I'm not trying to call out any coach, but Coach Brooks, because that, he's we, we talk right now. And it was one of those things to hey, where. Coach Brooks always I, been solid, man. I, like, like, yeah, I didn't if I don't. Man we're, we're, right. If I, if I don't get a text from Fed on my birthday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, any holiday, there's certain close family that I don't hear from, but I hear from Brooks every time. Or he'll right. call or do certain things. But it was like, you feel disconnected just when you're not there all the time and you need to have that connection. Like, Worm, when, because yours was, it was during the season your senior year. So tell, because I, after all that you, we're going to come back to you in a minute, uh, Rick. So, Worm, and this is about to tie in all of what you had been through before you get to your senior year. Then you get there, it's like, man, it, that hurt me because I watched what you go through. And I was like, it's his time now. And it's like, I'm, I, I was watching that season to watch you. Yeah, Katnin was out there. Everybody was out there, but they hadn't been through what you had been through. I was watching. I was like, I finally get to see the potential that we saw back when you first got there. It's about to be unleashed. And then you get hurt again. And it, it was your ankle too, wasn't it? Yep. Broke my ankle, man. So – Tell me about that and just the, the whole thing with that and how that impacted, you know, where you were going. Man, I'll tell you this here, man. Like, when I, I, like you're going to talk about it. If you need a second, I like, I, that's some, cause like, <laughs> I, I, that shit hurt me. I'm telling you, it did. I was like, when it happened, that, that, that hurt me. You're I'm gone. I ain't even there no more. Season of your, your career at Tennessee, my junior year, only year, you know, I get through it a healthy season without getting injured. And, of course, you know, the next we're projected to to repeat. And, you know, sure, I mean, I'm, I'm fresh, man. I mean, I'm fast. Hold on. Let me, let me stop you for a second. Repeat. You, the team that y'all had, I, we, this is a whole other conversation. <laughs> repeat is, a, is, is an understatement. I would have bet every penny I had and would have projected to have that you guys wouldn't have come close to losing the game that year. I was like, there's no way. Nobody's going to beat them. It, I know what – there's it, no way that you would have – I, I would have said y'all would have lost the game. And and that's the way we was playing, JC. I'm telling you, man, I felt like there was not one man on this earth at that time that can block me. You know, the stuff that I had, had, had been taught and learned – there was no one, no offensive lineman that can block me. And there was only one. That was cozy. But other than that, nobody that would even attempt to do that, that line up across from me that didn't have orange and white on. And I get through healthy this season, and I come out projected to be a high draft pick and all that stuff, which you know, Jason, I didn't care about that shit. All I want to do is play ball and go get right. it. And... I'm out here balling, man. I mean, I'm I'm getting it, man. And we play Auburn, you know, third, second play of the game. I was watching, yeah. First play of the game. I'm out, I'm, I'm on my toes too. <laughs> you always on your toes. <laughs> I'm in the backfield, made tackle for loss. I'm like, oh, this it's gonna be an easy one here, baby. What barbecue chicken, yeah. Uh, next play, pow. Same thing. Out of nowhere, man. I mean. I just felt this burning sensation in my ankle. And, you know, I've never laid on the field or anything. I can be hurt or whatever. I'm going to find a way to get off so nobody know I'm hurt just in case I can get back in the game. This one time, man, you know, this is the only time I would say, man, when I felt like 
defeated, man. And and when they carried me off the field and I went to the sideline and you know it was hurting, man. I mean, it took the took it took that shoe off and my ankle swelled up a little bit. But then they put it back on. I said, wrap it up, man. Let's, I'm about to go back out here, man. Give me some Tylenol or something. I'm going to go back out here. Man, they gave me that that, uh, that Naperson, man. That stuff didn't work. I mean, I'm talking about it, it's burning, man. I'm talking about it felt like somebody was cutting my leg, man, like with a hot knife branding me. And I couldn't go back out there, man. It took the shoe off and my, my, my ankle swole up so much, man. And that right there, man, I was like, come on, man. It can't be again. And I didn't want them to take me off the field, like with the stretching stuff, hop me out and stuff like that. Because no one knew that I was seriously injured. Right. I told them, I said, man, I'm not going out there. You, you, you're going to find another way to take me to the damn locker room and get my ankle looked at. And they took me through this little tunnel thing behind the bench right there. I never, it was like, it was like a little presidential thing. Go through these tunnels and I end up at the locker room. And I remember, man, Dr. Matians and Dr. Yeoman, them man, was doing this little motion with my ankle, and they was like telling me, like, this ligament here is torn, and typically when you tear this ligaments, you're gonna have a that's some broken bones, man. And 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 that, that one killed me, man. I mean, I never felt defeat before in my life, man, with an injury. Cause I thought, you know, I can always come back for injuries, but this one right here, man, was the toughest one, man. I and I couldn't do it, man. I kept rehab and I'm kept doing everything you know they got me doing seeing like all the doctors Dr. Andrews they got people coming from LA and all this stuff to try to get me back on the field but nothing could get me back man because of the nerve damage that I had done got man it was it was the nerve damage that killed me and, and to this day I still don't have that much feeling on that foot man. I know so I like I said when we talked and we we're gonna come back to that so hold that thought so we, that that's that puts you in a place right there so now I want to go back to Ridge. So we we all kind of ended up we in that same place. We all had that end of the season injury, and it and I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna later on. Well, I want to hear from you. I know where where that put me later, and what it the chain of events. So so talk to me a little bit about from there on out. Tell me about the the next couple hell next couple years and what that you know what well, that looked like. The next couple years, man, like to put that kind of you know in a box is like, you know, it kind of messed with me for a while. Um, you know, I've, I've dealt with it, so I have no problem discussing it. Like people always wonder what happened. The people had high expectations even after that, you know what I mean? What mm-hmm. I was going to do uh, at the next level. And, you know, some of the things that transpired after that injury, man, just totally, you know, really just messed me up. Like, because, um, you know, to play this game, um, you you know all of us that have done it know you you, you got to trust the people around you, right? Absolutely. You got to trust yep. that the people around you, whoever you surround yourself with, uh, and the people that you end up being a part of because you know where you go or wherever you know where the chips fall, you got to be able to trust them. And at that point, I didn't trust anybody. Like I didn't trust anybody. I didn't want to get close to anybody. Uh, when people would try to get close to me, I would almost you know. I was almost just kind of a, you know, be an ass, you know what I mean? Just to, you know, just to put it bluntly, because, you know, I, I told myself I was never going to allow myself to get connected to anybody like that again. You know what I mean? I was never going to allow myself to put my guard, let my guard down enough to ever, 
believe in anybody to where they could ever let me down again. You know what I mean? If I was going to be let down, then, Hey, you know, I let myself down. You know what I mean? Like I could deal with that, but you know, other people let me down when I gave them an opportunity to, you know, be there for me and vice versa. Um, you know, man, that, that's, that's, that's what basically it ended up doing to me in a nutshell. So, you know, and what led to that was, you know, after I got hurt, uh, I couldn't even really fly back with the team because, you know, my leg was so damaged that I couldn't, I could, they couldn't put me on a plane. So I had to stay, uh, I lived, I had to stay in Birmingham. I ended up driving to Birmingham. I had to stay in Birmingham for like a week. Um, and then they did my surgery. I came back, um, I'm crutching around and I'm thinking, okay, man, hey, do the right thing. You know what I mean? You might not be able to go to class. You might not be able to go do all the things because it's so painful you know, just to even stand up. Like they told me I could, I, I was supposed to be bedridden for like three weeks because, mm-hmm. you know, just the blood running down into my foot, you know, my ankle area was just so intense um, that it was like, like you described it, uh, Worm, you know what I mean? It was like literally somebody taking a blowtorch, man, and just going to work on your foot. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so that's what I was feeling. But I was like, you know what? You know, I'm going to be there for my guys. I'm going to do the right thing. You know what I mean? So I crushed my way to practice. Uh, we were getting ready to play Notre Dame that week, and I, was, I crushed the practice. And uh, you know, the head—I'm walking by in the complex. Everybody's already out of practice, and the head man—he's not even out there yet, but he's coming on the field, right? He's coming like off the. I guess so. We're, we're talking about Phil. We're talking about Phil, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about Philip. So he walks by me, and I'm thinking like, "Hey, you at least gonna say what's up? How you feeling? You know." what's going on, like, you know, just, just how, how's your mentals right now? Like, hey, you know, stick with, stick with the team, you know what I mean? Like, I know things are down, but if you want to, stick with the team. And it was none of that. Like, the only thing that this fool said to me was, hey, uh, are you going to still go to class? Because, you know, we the, the APR is very important. And I'm like, damn, for real? Like, that's the only thing you got to say to me? Like, after everything that happened? And I was – and at that moment – I'll never forget, man. Like I just turned around. I kind of dealt with it for like 10 minutes. I called my folks up and was like, Hey, get up here tomorrow. I'm going to be packing everything I got. We'll put everything else in the storage. If we can't get it, I'm out. Like, I don't want nothing. I don't want to be here. Don't want to be nowhere around here. Don't want nothing to do with nobody here. Uh, and let me ask you a question. Hold, let me, Cause I, I have a similar Story. I, I it doesn't need to be told right now because I want to get back to your question because, I, and I'll be completely honest with people when I say this right. I think me and you have talked about this before because if if you had asked me when I left the University of Tennessee based on my relationship, and I, I don't like I don't have a lot I don't have anything negative a lot of negative to say about Coach Former, but if you asked me if I if I would still have some kind of contact or connection with him five, ten, fifteen, twenty years after I left there, I would have told back then I would have told you no. And right. it was simply because of some of the interactions that were there, which would, but it ended up being the exact opposite of that. It was like, I've, and he's the one who, who initiated that about five. And I've learned another story about five years after I left there, you know, he, he, he started, you know, he sent me something. We started talking and we've over time and we over time and we've talked about, and I've kind of slowly let out like what my issues were back then. And I, you know, so, so, what do you think that was about? Because like, I didn't feel like, just like you, I didn't feel like when I was there that I would have. Um, 
felt that. What, what, what do you think though? Because if you are, you, you did give so much to the program and you were decorated. You were a, you a few part of the fabric, a real big part of the fabric of tennis ball. What do you think that was about? Because I know you were a senior and you're not playing anymore and they're about what you can do for me right now. Do you think it had anything to do with that? Um, my thing was, man, like, there were so many other things that happened while I was at school. Like, like I said, I was no, I was no choir boy, right? So, you know, there were things that, you know, they let me get away with that I know for a fact other guys, they got them up out of there the first time okay. they even tried that mess. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And for me, I was always like, man, that's kind of not fair, bro. Like, we're 18, 19-year-old kids. Like, we're, trying, we're still trying to figure this stuff out. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of us are away from home for the first time on a regular basis. So we're trying to figure this stuff out. And I was always – I always had that stick in my side for how he did a couple of my other homies. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, All right. And But he always – showed me love though. He always was like, hey man, you know, he would be mad, but at the same time, he'd be like, I love you. We're not gonna just throw you to the wayside. So when that happened, I was like, all of that was fake, bro. Like, if this is, if there was any time for you to show some love and be there for me, this would be it. You know what I mean? Like, if I screw up, I don't expect you to show me no love. I expect you to give me my, 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 my discipline and then, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, you know what I mean? Like, but at this point in time, you know, I expected to get that, 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 you know, somebody to put my hand on, put their hand on my shoulder and say, Hey man, you know, we're here for you. We're all of that. And when he said that, bro, like that just crushed me, man. Cause I was like, <clears throat> I gave everything for you, bro. Like I almost transferred after my sophomore year. You know what I mean? And, and, and I decided to come back. I almost left after my junior year just to say, screw it. I'm gonna just go to the league and deal with that. I came back and you know, some of that was selfish, you know, for coming back. But then another, a lot of that was because I was like, man, I believed in what we had. You know what I mean? I believed right. in the guys that were there. I believed in the direction we were going. And I was like, bro, like, we're on the cusp of the national championship. So why? And that's one of the reasons I came to Tennessee. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't come to Tennessee to just, you know, whatever. I came to Tennessee because I wanted to win a national championship, get an opportunity to play in the NFL. Right. That was that was the reason why. So when that happened, man, it just, you know, the way he did it, it just really crushed me. And I was like, I was just really hurt by that. You know what I mean? And it was really hard for me to get past with him for a long time. As a matter of fact, after I got healthy and I ended up getting with the Dolphins and I was there and then I came back on an off week to go to a game. But I walked up in the office when I got there uh, on a Friday and was like, hey, man you know, can we talk? And he was like, yeah, let's talk. And at the time, uh, I asked him straight up, you know, cause there were some other things that came out when I was in going through the draft process that like, that were said. And I was like, wow. Like, you know what I mean? Like he said that. And they were like, well, yeah, he said that, you know what I'm saying? I was like, well, I mean, dang, like, that's not true, but you know I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? You know what I mean? That's Philip Farmer. Like, you know what I mean? You're going to take his word before you take mine. So I was just kind of really hurt by that. So I confronted him and was like, hey, man, like, aside from, you know, what you said when I got hurt, but, like, why all of this? Like, what happened? You know what I mean? Like, I gave everything for you. And then it was when it was my time to get a little something because he also knew my family situation. You know what I mean? Right. He knew that, you know, and he wouldn't mind me talking about it. Like, 
my old man had everything at one point in time. And then, you know, some bad things happened and he lost it all. So like people thought that I grew up living this like crazy privileged life, you know what I mean? But like after I like after eighth grade, like it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? Like it was not like that at all. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, he knew my family situation and everything that I was working for. And when combined what he said to me at the time when I was hurt. And then what I found out he said about me later on, I was like, Hey man, like, what the deal? Why did you, do that? you know what I mean? Like, what was, what, what was your reason behind that? And at the time he was like, I didn't say those things and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I was like, dude, I know you did, you know what I'm saying? But I was like, okay, you're not going to tell me the truth. So that made it even worse. You know what I mean? And I was already emotionally uh, dealing with a lot because, you know, I was trying to make it, you know, on the Dolphins roster. I was down in Miami, basically alone. You know, I didn't have my folks there. Like, I didn't have anybody there. Like, hell, like, when I tell you everybody was gone after I got hurt, like, I mean, everybody was gone. Like, I'm talking about everybody. Y'all gonna laugh, y'all gonna laugh, bro. But I'm talking about every, I mean, my parents were there, you know, all that stuff. I'm talking about friends, teammates, the girlfriend, everybody gone. You know what I mean? No, we're not, I know where I'm not like, because I like, Again, we I, I, I don't want to take too much time to get your platform, but I, I know because most everybody, unless the, the smallest of the circle was still there, the smallest family and friend, anybody that was extraneous was gone. And right. you're right. You left with the core people. And you probably, whoever you were talking to right then is probably who you're still cool with and talking to. Oh, right yeah. Now. Yeah. So it's like, no, I, I, I definitely understand that. So, and I can see... I, I understand like where that puts you, what kind of place like that puts you in. Now, now, you know, we're going to, we're going to talk about like, you know, cause I know you were in, when you went to Miami, you went to Chicago, you were rain, you went to, to what, Toronto? You went yeah, to Toronto? So I, went, I went to Miami, then I went to Chicago and then Chicago put me in <laughs> NFL Europe after rain. the season was over. So You're rain, 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 yeah, yeah. Ryan fire. Yeah. I was playing yeah. for Ryan fire. Um, after that, I was out of, after that, I was out of football for two years. Yeah. Didn't play, was on nobody roster, was nothing. Crazy story, bro, like kind of goes into what we were talking about was like within a year, bro, like I had gained like 50 pounds, bro. Like I was like 265 pounds, man. Like I was just like, I was on some other stuff, man. Like just wasn't, you know, just, just was not myself at all. And then uh, I was, I was like, man, I can't do this no more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was, I'll never forget. I was in Dick Sporting Goods and I don't know if you guys know this name or know who this guy is, but his name was Kaz DiMatteo and he played. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, he played receiver at UTC. He was a baller too. Um, played long, you know, played in the, in the, in the, in the uh, NFL Europe and did his thing, whatever, played in the CFL a little bit. So he was coaching with the Toronto Argonauts at the time. He was the receiver coach. And he was in there. I guess he was home for for uh, the season or whatever because the season was over. And he was like, Riggs. I was like, what's up, man? And he was like, what are you doing right now? I was like, honestly, man, I'm just trying to get some workout shit that'll fit. You know what I mean? Because my, my ass is 265 right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't fit none of the stuff I used to wear. So I'm just in here grabbing some fit, some stuff to wear. And uh, he was like, what you going to do with yourself? I was like, man, I don't really know, bro. Like, he was like, do you want to play football still? And I was like. I would love to play football, man. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I do. Like, that's in the blood, bro. But I just don't understand. I just don't know how that's going to happen. And he was like, man, look, it's November right now. He said, I'm going to be back here 
what was this, March, January, March, April, May. He said, I'm going to be back here in May. Yeah, you got they started from, like June. Yeah, they started. Yeah. yeah June, he said, you got from now until May to get yourself in the best shape you possibly can. And if you get yourself in the right shape, I guarantee you I will get you on the roster. So I was like, okay. I was like, and that was the test for me because, again, remember I told you, I ain't trust nobody. Like, right. don't feed me nothing. Like, don't say nothing to me because I know you're full of it. Don't even don't even waste your time talking to me. And, uh, but, I like, something told me, they was, he was like, man, just trust this dude, man. Just do what you got to do. So I was 265 in November. By the time May came around, I was like 212. And I was like back to run. I was back to running a 4-4. I was, you know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was on top of it. And then they had mini camp at the beginning of May. He was like, he came in town in Chattanooga. He was like, hey man, run a 40 for me. I ran the 40, ran like a 4-4-5, right? He was like, all right, I'm gonna call you later on. So he called me. They were like, hey man, you gonna come to mini camp? Uh, so I went to mini camp. They had like a three day mini camp. Yeah. I went down there, did my thing. I'm like sitting there nervous. I'm like, all right, man, you know, how's this going to go? So we were getting on the plane to head back. Uh, I was flying back from Orlando where it was back to, back to Tennessee. And by the time I got back to Tennessee, I had like five voicemails. So I, get on my phone. I'm like, what's, you know, checking voicemails. It's the Argos. They're like, bro, like call (laughs) us back right now. Like we got three offers on the table for you. You don't, do you want a one year deal with an option? Do you want a two year deal with an option? Oh, they don't want an option. Yeah. 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 That's the one. You know what I mean? So I'm sitting there like, damn, like, okay. Like he, he, he came through like, you know what I mean? But I handled my business, but he did what he said. So, you know, me, I was like, hey, give me the three year and an option. I want some security, bro. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, give yeah. me the three and an option. I want some security. Yeah. And, you know, not to get too much off into that story because we got so much other to get to, but like, that was, that was the turning point for me after all of that. And you got to remember, I left college in 2005. Yeah. This wasn't until 2010. 2010. And that's what I'm so, that with all, all that you went through and, all the twists and turns and everything else, because I know I have a little bit of that, it, but I, but I managed and I dealt with it. You at least got a chance to give some type of closure. Cause you were there with three years, two and some change, three I was years. There three years. And we three won a play cup my second year. So you got a chance to get that closure with that situation, which your foot was, you know, you kind of capped off your football career. So with all, you know, the truck, everything you went through with how you left UT, the trust, Yeah, we lost his audio. Let's see if it comes I lost back. Your audio. Oh, my man. What, what were you exactly? Yeah, I'm sorry. So they, they, they gave you that closure that you know that you were looking – probably not the exact closure. You were no, looking I mean, for. I'll so be honest. Closure. Like, it wasn't the closure because even the way that ended, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't it wasn't glorious by any means. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like, hey – But you didn't have the questions about – I didn't even get a chance to get on the field. No, 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 no. I got yeah, on yeah. the field, bro. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, know, I know you played. played and, contributed to a championship team and did all this sort of stuff. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I kind of got, I kind of got some sort of redemption, you know what I mean? From, from everything that I went through. That's a better, that's a better word, redemption. So, so now let's talk about how that whole thing puts you on the path to Beast University and what you do 
right now, and I know where you're trying to go with it, but I want I want the people to hear with you know how you just talk a little bit about how you you started up, you you got into what's now Beast University and what what you do, and you know what you know what you what you have going on and where you're trying to take that. Yeah, so basically all of that that I went through, um, that 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 getting ready from that November to that May was really what spawned DC, uh, Beast University because I had nobody. Like I couldn't reach out to any. I tried to reach out to people. Nobody would help me train. Nobody would help me do anything. Everybody was like, man, you know, hey, we're we're kind of moving on from that, you know, from you. So I was like, all right, man, if I got to do this, I'm going to do this. It's got to be on my own. You know what I mean? So I had, you know, and I had a knowledge base of everything that I had ever done in my entire life. You know, my dad working with me and, you know, having worked with trainer, having worked with a trainer when I was in high school. And uh, obviously, you know, being under Johnny Long's wing and Chris Stewart's and Big Rod and all those guys, you know, I learned a lot from them. So uh, I remember I, I made a phone call to Stu. I made three phone calls. Mm-hmm. I called Johnny. Stu and Rod and I said hey man school me bro like tell me what I need to do to get myself ready because they were all off in different places I wasn't gonna be able to get to them I said tell me what I need to do to get ready I'm a smart dude if you just give me the basics I'll take it and run with it you'll figure it out and they gave me everything I possibly needed even more so like those three right there are the 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 exact reason why I was ever able to play football again and but I took everything that they taught me and then learned even more. And I fell in love with the, the, the process and the, 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 you know, just the concept of training and getting guys better and getting yourself better and finding out what it is that you're weak at and being becoming strong at it. And that was basically what set it off for me. And I fell in mm-hmm. love with the whole process that moment. So I told myself once I was done playing ball, like, <clears throat> I, you know, it, 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 as the saying goes, like, if you're not giving back to the game or you're not finding some way to give back, then you've totally missed the concept of what you were doing. And I was like, how do I give back to the game? How do I give back to something that gave me so much joy, gave me so much success, all of that, right? So I was like, yeah. I'm going to train. You know what I mean? I'm going to train athletes and I'm going to put my heart and soul into them just like I did those few months to get myself back ready. You know what I mean? So All right. um, and let me, t- let me ask you a question because now I think for me, it may, because I, I watch, you know, you, there, we could talk to you about how me and you even connected, how we, you know, like the bond and get, you know, the, the connection that we had, because a lot of it happened over, you know, we can over social media, but right. we, I see the passion that you have and what you do. And it's like, it's obvious. And to, to know you, better than what because i could see how somebody who doesn't really know you would see it could take it one way but to know your intention and know your motivation it gives it a whole different take on it so and i think just hearing the story that you, you've given because you put so much into these kids and it's like that trust factor again and it. it's just like you can't you you put it all into them and you know trying to get them to trust you and to really because you really care about what they're doing and you right. care about their well-being and I think some of that, you can tell me if I'm wrong, was formed by some of your experiences that you had where you didn't exactly get with, get back. Oh, no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Like I said, you know, one of the stories that I, you know, I, I, there's a lot of 
experiences and a lot of things that I, you know, wisdom that I share with, with my athletes, you know, and, you know, I work with athletes across all different sports, not just football, but, you know, there's a story, you know, one of the main stories that I always tell people is not necessarily a story, but almost just, you know, that, 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 you know, the tidbit of wisdom is a hey, man, like you're going to work your ass off and you're still not going to get everything that you want. You know what I mean? Absolutely. You're still not yeah. going to get everything that you had and you deserve. Yeah. So yeah. don't be so taught. Like, and that's the hardest thing for me. Like it was so hard for me, but coaching other people up to do it made me better at it was don't be so emotionally tied to the results. You know what that I mean? Was some therapy for you. Yeah. I could see that's, that's like some therapy. Well, well, yeah. Well, yeah. It was therapy for me. Like that's, that's best way to put it. Like what yeah. I do and I'll be, and I'll even take a step further. What I, even what I, even now, what I do, it's therapy for me yeah. because I have a love and a passion for football that like is rivaled by nothing, right? Yeah. Like I, like there's even a point in time where I had to step away from even watching the game because it hurt so much. I, can feel I couldn't even watch. I couldn't watch NFL. Yeah. I couldn't watch college. Like I could barely watch high school. You know what I mean? Because the love of the game and the pat because I fell in love with the game at such an early age. And my parents, because of what my dad went through, they didn't want me to jump into the game so early. So they kind of held me out. And I was almost like that junkyard dog chomping at, chomping, the, bit. Chomping at the bit. Yeah. 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 Like I was like, yo, let me loose. Like, you know what I mean? Let me loose. <laughs> yeah. And when they finally let me loose, I remember my dad was like, damn, I should have let you loose a long time ago. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> he was like, I should have yeah. cut you loose. Should have cut you loose a while ago, yeah. And, and it was, but, 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 you know, for me to be able to pour myself into my athletes is, you know, like I said, it's therapy for me because, you know, it's t it teaches me a lot of things that at the time when I needed it most, I'll be honest, I wasn't equipped. You know what I mean? Like, I just yeah. wasn't equipped. You know what I mean? And, and, and and some people be like, well, well, what was the reason for that? And I was like, look, I was a hard-headed kid, man. Like, I didn't, I didn't too much like listening to anybody. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, look, man, look, you know, if it ain't my mom or dad telling me, and like, quite honestly, like, even from them, you know what I mean? Because their situations were even different from mine. You know, mm -hmm. so I was like, look, man, I'm out here on my, I'm, I'm kind of navigating this on my own, and I want to do it on my own because I don't ever want anybody, and and and, and a lot of people don't really understand this because they look at, you know, they're like, oh man, your dad was this and that and the other, and he did this and he should, I'm like, look, man, when you come from that, you're so busy trying to prove to everybody that you're not a product of that. Right. Absolutely. I'm not here because of my dad. You're trying to justify your, you're trying to yeah, prove like, yourself. I want, yeah. I, I want you to know, like, I'm here because Gerald Antonio Reyes the second is that dude, not because dad was that dude, I'm here because I was that dude and I did everything that I was supposed to do. So, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you were trying to, when you have that kind of sitting in the back of your mind, you're always trying to prove yourself, you know, you don't, you don't, sometimes you just don't take advice like that. Cause you're like, yeah, all right, I got you. I hear you. Okay. Thanks. Go on about your business. Um, so, you know, for me, like when I, when I, when I look back on the mistakes that I made, you know, at crucial times, like I pour that into my kids. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. Hey man, especially the ones that I know that I like identify. And I'm like, Hey bro, like yeah. you got it. Like all you got to do is just keep working. You got it. You'll be there. You're going to get it done. And my thing is 
I just want them to understand, like, look, this is how you do it. You know what I mean? Like, and there's so much that goes around. You, you know, you guys know, like I do, like there's so much pulling at you in so many different directions. And you got, you know, all of these things that creep through your head because at the end of the day, we're human. And we're like, I don't, you know, you, you may have confidence in yourself, but at the same time, you know, we're, in, we're, we, 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 we got, we decided to choose a dirty game. You know what I mean? We yeah, chose, absolutely. we chose a dirty game. You know what I mean? And people yeah. like that don't, that ain't on the inside. Like they don't understand. Don't what understand. I mean. like, it's a dirty game. Like right. it's a dirty game all the way around. To, to so, make it through it. And you yeah, just, just, to, just like people say, Hey man, well, you didn't get to play that long in the NFL and you didn't do, do this. I said, yeah, man, but you know what? I got there. You got them. after yeah. everything that I went through, I was still there. Now, how it went when I got there, man, who knows? But I was there, which a lot of people cannot say. There's a lot of people out here that were like, hey, man, you know, and that might not necessarily be because of them. They might, you know, sometimes I was talking about this with my former agent actually this afternoon because we, we we were talking a little bit and, and we were like, you know, sometimes, man, the game gives up on you. You know what I mean? Like, you don't give up on the game. The game gives up on you. And you know, I'm not a type of person that ever gives up. You know what I mean? Like, I'm never going to give up. So it was hard for me, like, de- learning how to deal with that yeah. was, you know, was a very tough time. And now, so what I'm doing, what I do, what I do with Beach University, yeah, it's about making you bigger, stronger, faster, all of that, making you prepared. But it's really about making you prepared for life, man. Like, well, like, so like what's happening after that? Yeah. Everything. Not, not just what you're going to go through in that space. But what you do when it's over and how you conduct your life so that when it when it then that time does come, you're able to make a smooth transition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, given the, the the advice that I give and trying to share the wisdom that I do, like a lot of times. And you, like I said, you know me. So, you know, a lot of people don't receive it that well because it comes with so much energy sometimes because of just what I went through, like. The, the 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 emotional trauma sometimes it's like yeah. it's like PTSD right like so so let me tell you something so I I picked up on that a long time ago even before me and you started talking I'm like that was one of the things I like it's something because I tell you a lot of people are misunderstood like genius are misunderstood people that's really passionate about what they do are misunderstood by people who aren't as passionate because they don't understand why you can say the things that you say or do the things that you do about something because they don't relate to that. They don't, they, they think you're crazy. They think you're unstable or whatever, but no, it's just that you're passionate about it or these people are so far ahead of what everybody else is thinking. And I, I you just confirmed a lot of what I thought. You, I, I figured that about, I didn't know the particulars about it, but I knew there was something that was driving that. And it, that's what you, if you look at most great people, man, Michael Jordan is still talking about getting, he getting cut in the 10th grade. He, he brought to his Hall of Fame induction, he brought the dude that made the team, the coach, <laughs> hey. and other people. He will not let that go. And, and, that, and the thing that, about it is, though, like, it's crazy that you even mentioned that because, you know, and I hate bringing this up sometimes because people are like, oh, man, whatever, you know, whatever. My mom and my dad, you know, because of the circles they ran in when they were playing, like, yeah. my mom and dad were very close to Jordan. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they were cool. Like, when the when – the, Bulls would come into town and play neat, you know what I mean, and the Hawks. Yeah. After the game was over, my mom and dad, they'd all go to Mix or Houston's or somewhere and eat with MJ yeah. before they got out of town and Scotty and those guys. And so, like, other than my father, 
MJ was my dude. You know what I mean? Like MJ was the guy that I like looked at. I said, Hey man, that is who I want to be like. That is the, that is the type of athlete I want to be. Like, I don't care if people like me. I don't care what they think about me. What you will know is this dude shows up and is ready to play every single time out. And he don't care about your feelings. He is going to destroy you every time, every chance he gets. And, 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 and I always had that kind of pet, like Jordan, like, you don't understand, like, if you know, Jordan, like I've always had that, kind of petty, yeah. that petty competitive, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'll find anything about my opponent and be pissed. Like, and yeah. they'll be like, bro, like it don't even like, it ain't even that serious. I'm like, oh, it's not this Yes, it is. Right. It, it is. is. I don't like that dude. They be like, he didn't do nothing to you. I'll be like, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. You know what I mean? Right. Always been that type of guy. So it was, you know, like when you bring up Jordan, like that kind of always, like it's fun. It's crazy because when we were watching the Last Dance, when that all came on during, you know, uh, uh, you know, big time, you know, when they were doing a big time quarantine, and everything yeah. like that. Like I, like I don't, I don't have no problem fronting about it. Like I was watching it, and like it took me back to all of those years because I was at some of those games and I went to the finals in 96 and did all of that stuff. And it was like, it just took me to a place where I remember what started the motivation for me. And it was, and it was almost emotional, like unbearable emotion. Like I almost, like I did cry like a couple of times watching the whole thing, not because of, you know, that it was just because it took me emotionally back to everything that like drove me to even right. get to a place like Tennessee. You know what I'm saying? So that was, you know, that was, that was, that was one of those, I just always been that passionate and I try to give that to my athletes and I try to, you know, uh, uh, give that to my community, man, because, you know, I, I'm one of those people that like looks at where I'm at and I say, man, there's so many people that have potential. It could be it could be and better. I'm like, you know, and, and, and to go back a little bit again on my story, like I'm, uh, you know, I moved from Atlanta. I came to Chattanooga, uh, kicking and screaming, didn't really want to be in Chattanooga, but I was like, all right, man, we're going to make the best of this. And I, I struck a chord with the guys that I was playing with and the guys in my school and, you know, but we weren't thinking about it in that way, but all we wanted to do was just work and, and, and right. be the best that we could be. And a little low school, the smallest 5A school in the state of Tennessee at the time, we went from- Red Bank? Time, oh, say the name, say the name, Red Bank. Oh yeah, Red Bank. That's you know it, say Red, Red Bank. Bank. Of course, you know what I'm saying? Red Bank Lions all day long. But the thing about it was, you know, we were Red Bank was always a good program, and always had, you know, good players, good teams, were tough. They had a lot of respect throughout the state, but they had never reached a pinnacle. And I was like, okay, well, you know, how is this going to go? I don't know. To the point to where by my junior year, we were a top five team in the country. So the, so 2000, y'all went 15-0. and Y'all won the state championship 2000, yeah. right? Yeah, we won in 2000. And, like, when I tell you that season, like, it was crazy, bro, because, like, there wasn't a single game that was close. Like, the only one, there was only one game that was close, and the reason that game was close was because Oakland from Nashville, yeah. who, st- who won the state championship this year for the second year in a row, they are just a powerhouse because they live in Nashville. They got the, you know, they got the kids. They, they're able to get pulled from that, that, that pool that they got. But they were the number one team in the state to start that year. They lost – four of their best players to injury in the first two weeks. So they went six and four and, and barely got in the playoffs. They got all of their guys back with like three weeks left, won the last three games, which got them into the playoffs. 
So now you have the number one preseason team versus the number one team at the time. And they were at full strength. We were at full strength. And we got up on them like 21 to nothing. And then they came back on the very last play of the game. They threw a Hail Mary with the dude actually caught. Like, it was in his hand. And our our defensive back, like, knocked it out at the last second. So we ended up winning that game. And then we just ran rough shot over everyone else. And I'm thinking, like, and so when I'm doing what I do, like, I'm bringing all that to what, what my point is. When I do what I do, especially here in a place like Chattanooga, where there's been so much negativity and there's so much things that have happened to our community over the years that, you know, they don't have that, hey, man, like, by any means necessary mentality. You know what I mean? They're kind of like, well, hey, if it's meant to be, it'll be. Or, you know, this is God's plan. It'll work. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, bro, cut that mess out. You know what I mean? Like, Ain't nobody going for that. You know what I mean? Like, aside what you believe spiritually, like, you got to work. You know what I mean? Like, you got to work. And there is no excuse why a guy, like, I don't care what I came from. I don't care that I was Gerald Riggs' senior's kid and, you know, all of that. Because that didn't mean a thing once I got to to high school. Like, it didn't mean nothing. It didn't mean anything to no college recruiter. It didn't mean anything to my head coach at oh, all. I mean, once you get on the field, that, that, can, that can't help you on the field. Yeah, so they can't, right. that, that, that does nothing for you once the light, you know what I mean, right. once that kick, ball get kicked off. That means nothing for you. Yeah. And for me to be able to, you know, one of the few times I will pat myself on the back, for me to take, help that team go undefeated and, and win 20 straight at one point in time, and we were a top five team in the country, and then I elevated myself to being – one of the top two or three, one top one, two or three players in the country, depending on who you were talking to. And I did that from little old Chattanooga. Right. Like little old Chattanooga, bro. Like, so if I can do that from little old Chattanooga, you got no excuse. So, no so excuse. let's talk about that. So now, now is this is where we're going to bring this. You, you brought it to a head again. We're going to bring this really to a head. Like this is shameless plug time. So with Beast University to get, because I know with you, you're, you're training, you're doing physical, you're helping them with, you know, to have the right mentality. Let's talk about some of what you're doing with, with your program and where you're trying to take that. Like, I mean, just literally where you are right now and just talk about the plan for the next couple of months going into 2021. What are you doing? So right now, you know, we've been, you know, cause of, cause of COVID, you know, everything's been kind of crazy. So we're, we're, we're at a, right now just trying to keep everybody, in the groove right now and, 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 and keeping everybody's mind focused on what they need to do. Cause it's very easy right now, given everything that's going on to get out of focus and to forget what the end goal is. Right. And, you know, there've been a lot of different changes, you know, let's just talk about football wise. There've been a lot of different changes in the landscape of college football, right? Like yeah. there's the, there's the transfer portal. So I got, I get calls every week from colleges being like, Hey man, which one of your players is out of school that's in the portal? You know what I mean? Or that's potentially in the portal. And I'm like, okay, I got a couple, but what about my high schoolers? They're like, don't, I ain't worried about that. I need guys that are seasoned and ready to go. Yeah. Right. That, that have some, some experience. So my thing right now with that being said is trying to focus on making sure everybody understands where they need to be mentally and what they need to be doing to make sure that they're ready because these colleges are not, you know, they're, they're, they're not waiting on you to be ready no more. Like they're firing people after two and three years. You know what I mean? Like, like you got to produce now. 
So, you know, one of the things that I pride myself on with my athletes is making sure that, hey, if you're a guy that's going to go to that next level, when you leave me and you go to that strength program, when you get to school, they're going to look at you like, oh, you, 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 you already know what the time it is. Like, you already know what the business is. Like, okay, man, all we got to do is just let you go and let you do what you do because you already understand, right? And, and so, so that's where we are right now doing those things. But, you know, in the future, my goal is to, I want to be that guy that colleges consult with and to say, hey, look, whether we want you to come and work with our guys uh, uh, during the off season, uh, whether, you know, it's, 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 Hey, we want to help, you know, we want you to be our guy and kind of like our eyes out there in the field scouting and, 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 and understanding that, you know, what, 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 what we need and, and, and identifying what it is that, you know, guys that can help us based on what we need, you know, that's the goal of what beast university is about now. You know what I mean? We want to go, we want to take the next step and, and being, because at the end of the day, the idea is to help our kids get free college, right? Like, I don't care whether, like, I tell my kids all the time, I don't care if you play when you get there, to be honest with you. I really don't. It's already paid for. It's already done. You know what I mean? Like, just get there. You know what I mean? Get there. If you play, great. If you become a superstar, hell yeah, absolutely. But at the end of the day, college is paid for. That 250000 that you was going to have to go to work for or do whatever or your parents going to have to figure it out or whatever, that's over and done with. Our, our, the goal is to make sure that as many people that come through the program have the opportunity to put themselves in a position where they have cho- a choice, where they have options. And you don't have options unless you have put yourself in, the, in, in that space where, hey, man, I can look at it from, a, from with a wide lens. Right. When you don't get to college, when you don't have you can't make those connections where you can't see what the other side of life really is like, then you don't really you can't make the best decision on what you need to do for your life going forward. So the, 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 the idea is to, hey, man. Learn how to uh, 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 commit yourself to something bigger than you early in life so that if you do decide well, whether 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 you decide to go to college and play football or not, we're all men. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're ladies. You know what I mean? Because I train, you know, bas- girls basketball. Oh. I train a lot of female mm-hmm. athletes too. So we're gonna be men. We're gonna be men. We're gonna be ladies. We're gonna be fathers. We're gonna be mothers. We're gonna be business owners. We're gonna be all these different things at certain point at some point in time in our life. You're gonna have to make tough decisions. You're gonna have to learn how to navigate tough waters, man. So. How can I prepare you to be that person regardless of how your sports career goes? Because even, you know, one of the best things that my dad, you know, my dad's, you know, ton of wisdom over the years, but like one of my favorite ones he ever gave me, he was like, look, I'm going to take this ruler, right? He took a ruler and he showed, I'll never forget this. I was like eight years old when I decided oh, I want to play football. He said, all right, I'm going to give you this ruler from one to 12. That's your life. Okay. One to three, that's that's your baby years. You know what I mean? You're growing up. You're doing all that. From three to, like, six, those are the years that you're probably going to be in your prime doing stuff, playing football, uh, uh, you know, doing all whatever you're going to do. Now, once you get to six, what you, got to, what you got to carry you all the way through 12? What do you have? Because if you don't have – if you haven't established 
a, a way of doing things. And if you haven't established a discipline and a mindset that allows you to be successful, we're all going to fall on our face at some point in time. We're all going to make mistakes. But if you have not done enough to establish a, a mindset and a discipline that allows you to, even when you do fall, to pick yourself back up, that six through 12 is going to be hell on you. And that six through 12 is way longer than, 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 than that one through six. It, 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 it feels longer. Yep. Right. Like that one through six, it goes by like, like, think about it, man. You could probably, re- all of us in here can remember when we were, you know, 12. You know, you know what? It, it, it's funny you said that because there was a similar, a, a similar analogy that when I was leaving sixth grade, the principal that was at the school, that the high school gave us, he, it was like one through six is when you're kind of figuring it out and you don't know what you really are. And this six through 12 is really where your life is set up where you establish right. yourself and it goes by so fast. Right. And that's the same. When you were saying it, I'm like, damn, that's the same type thing. So th- there's two wise people because that was a gentleman. That principal was somebody I really respect. And the words of obviously your father gave you some very, very, very wise words. And I think we don't even need to muddy it up and say anymore. That's, that's what we need to go ahead. And that kind of puts a, a real book in on what we're talking about right here. But I do want you to say one more thing. I want you to, if you if you were talking to, you know, just one thing that you could say to kids that are, because everybody can't be, they're not right there in chat and have the access to to what you're trying to do, because other people are going to see this and other people have kids that, you know, they're trying to what to know what to look for. What would you say to someone who's coming up that's going into what we're, you know, what we're talking about and going into? What, what word of advice would you give them? Um, first thing first, man, is be grounded in yourself. No know what you're after and know who you are. You know what I mean? Take the time to know your, to get to know yourself because when you're in these circles, you know, everybody's pulling at you. Everybody's telling you how great you are. Then you got people telling you how much you suck. And then there's like, you know, it's it's all this stuff going on, right? Uh, People hating on you, people doing stuff behind your back. You know what I mean? Trying to derail you. You got people that are, are, are big on your success, but they're also, trying to take advantage of it. You know what I mean? So, you know, there's a lot, I would tell them, you know, first thing first, man, just be grounded in yourself, man. Like know who you are, know what it is you're really after and what you're trying to accomplish and focus on nothing but that. Don't let other people determine what your future is. Don't tell, don't let other people tell you what path you should be going on. Like, nah, bro, like I know what path I'm on. And if you're not going to help me on that path, then, Hey man, you know, nice to meet you know what I mean nice knowing you you know what I'm saying um you know second thing is you know hey know what's going on be in the know right like if you want to be a college football player basketball player golfer whatever know what you got to do right do to take the time ask questions uh uh reach out to people you know what I mean because like you know there's people out there not just myself but a lot of people out there that if you just reach out to them, they'll, they'll say, Hey man, all right, here's, here's, here's what you need to do, you know? And, and, and so be willing to listen to people, take advice. Uh, uh, don't be, don't be, don't have too much pride to reach out, to reach out to people and, and, and ask questions. Don't feel like, Oh man, I'm bothering people, man, bother those people. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, all they can do is tell you, Hey man, I ain't got time right now or no. Right. Okay, fine. I'll go to the next person. Right. Um, third thing is, you know, don't, how do I say this? <laughs> uh, 
friendly. Say like, it, say it, say it, man. Say it. You got to, this is an open forum. You say what you want to. Yeah. Like the third thing is, man, like be completely, uh, 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 be completely locked in on the fact that, hey, man, like at the end of the day, this is my responsibility. Whatever I'm doing, can't blame nobody else. You can't blame nothing that's happened. Like, I can sit here and say, man, this happened, that happened, this happened, that happened. But at the end of the day, you control your own situation. You're the one who controls what happens, what doesn't happen, what's good, what's not good. So don't let outside things deter you from, again, being focused on it comes back to point number two. Don't fo- don't 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 let uh, uh, other people dictate because at the end of the day, when that stuff goes down, it's on you. It's on you. It's, it's on you. It's on. It's not on anybody else. It's strictly on you. And and, and then at the end of the, and then you know last point is you know man, enjoy it. Like enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it. Have fun with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we get so caught up in, and I even have to, you know, check myself sometimes. We get so caught up in the process of what has to happen in order for you to get there and all the things that you need to do in order to get there. But you got to remember, like, this is a game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a game that teaches you a lot about life. Don't get me wrong. Football is the closest, you know, it's a microcosm of life, bro. It's the closest, in my opinion, is the closest thing that teaches you about life because you're going to deal with people. You're going to have to, you're going to have to, uh, uh, Deal with people you don't people like. You don't like. <laughs> you know I mean? You're gonna have to do yeah. stuff you don't like. You do stuff you're gonna answer you know, the people you, you don't like. You don't want. You don't want to go to practice, but you gotta go to work. Right. You, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, when they be like, "Hey, man, you got six a.m. workouts," you be like, "Oh, yeah. hey, for real, bro?" Like, so I'm trying yeah, to kick it, it. It's funny you said that because, like, when you know, I, people who know me, you see the Lakers. I, I love Kobe Bryant, and one of the things he said, and it, it feeds into another saying. You know, it's not about the results; it's about the work. And that's right. just one thing. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And right. you enjoy it along the way. And we, we get so caught up in where we want to get to that we don't enjoy what happens along the way and have fun and to do those other small things. And I, I my, my wife thinks I'm crazy because I have my Google Home. It, I have an alert every day that tells me that same thing. And it's like his other court, do more. And it's like that other thing. It's not about the results. It's about the but work. You know it's crazy, though? Which you know is crazy, and it's like, and it's and, it, and it's that A type personality stuff. It's yeah, it's when, it, yeah. When you when you are an A type personality, it's very hard for you to relinquish control. It is very hard for you to say, "Hey, man, like, I'm gonna enjoy everything that's going on because it's you're hard, so yeah. fixated on the result, and you're so fixated yeah. on, hey, man, I'm trying to be at this, and yeah. the intensity that I gotta have." The, the energy and the passion that I got to have, like there's no other way to do it. So sometimes you need that reminder. And like, that was why, like, like that's why so, like yeah. my, my, me and my brother, you know, and people who don't know my brother, he played football at university of Florida. Cody, Cody. Yeah. Cody, Cody Riggs. He played football at Florida. Um, he went to St. Thomas Aquinas high school, you know what I mean? Damn, yeah. Championship three times over in high school, you know, did all of that stuff. And played for the Titans, played in the NFL for five years, did Titans for uh, th- uh, for four, did, did uh, uh, Tampa Bay for one. Tampa, yeah. And, like, he's my polar opposite. Like, he's he's the one of us that's like, 
hey man, it's just gonna be like, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't no, no, don't get me wrong, he's very A type too, but he's A type in a different but way. He's, right, and there's different there's different ways to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, and he's just he's so much more relaxed and so much more like, you know, all right, man, you know what I mean? So I I, I thank God for the relationship, even when he, you know, and I and he and we're eight years apart. So even when he was a young, when he was a young dog, like he helped me in so many ways because he would just be like, Hey man, gee, like, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. okay. Like you need somebody that says, okay, we better. Yeah, like, I, I don't think no different of you. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. I still That's am important. proud of you. You know what I mean? And that was one of the things that helped me, you know, progress was like, you know, for a lot of years, man, I just never heard anybody just say, you know, well, I didn't say nobody because, like, my parents would always say it, but it, you know, like, I it's different. It's different. It's different. Somebody, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. you're, you know, you kind of expect your parents to say that. You know what I mean? You're kind of yeah. like, especially if you have right. parents that are involved, that, you know, have always been there for yeah. you. You're going to expect them to say, you're like, ah, oh, man, you're just saying that because you don't want me to be, you know, pissed off. But, <laughs> you know, when you have people that tell you, hey, man, like, it's okay. Yeah. I'm proud of you. It's okay, I'm proud. I love you. That, that, that goes a long. It happens. You know what I mean. That goes a long way, man. So I, I and I want to tell you, I, I, I want to first of all thank you for taking the time out to be this show. You know, you know, we like I said, we we talk offline, man, and it's, it's something that like I, I appreciate just getting to know you. It's the type of person you are, and just like what I see, I've seen your growth and what you're trying to do, and I like I said, I just appreciate who you are, the type of person you are, man, and what you know. Just you, period. So, appreciate that, yeah, man. Love thank, thank, guys, yeah, thank you for coming. Y'all older guys, man. Y'all always, you know, like it's crazy. Like, you, a lot of guys, you, Al, Leonard, a lot of guys, yeah. man, like have always just, you know, always shown me love, bro. Like, and always, yeah. you know what I'm saying, been that kind of the, there's voice. a thread, there's a thread there. And we all talk because, like, that even though you're generations apart, you understand it was like there's a connection there with people, and it's like. I talked to Catfish and Worm. I could have been induced Fred earlier today. I could have been lazy with my first show and talked to any of those guys. But like, and I told him I wanted to talk to you for a specific reason. And I told you that I wanted to talk to you right. for a specific reason because he again, did say that. Not, not, yeah, not because we played together. It's just like, you know, they like they're like family, family. That's like we grew yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's like you said, that's easy to do. You know, you what choose mean? like, like it, it came about a different way. And it was just like, man, yeah, I, I just appreciate it. I, like they, just the, this was a I couldn't think of a better way to kick it off. Like I'm gonna I'm talk to those knuckleheads too. We gonna get on here. We got a lot of stories to tell. They got a lot of great stuff that they're talking about doing. We're gonna get to it. But I think like Volunteer Nation, our family, all the VFL, they needed to hear from you first. They needed to hear this conversation first. And I'm glad we did it. And you know it was it was it was it was more than what. I expect it. So again, man, I just appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, I, know man, I appreciate yeah. I appreciate you reaching out to me, bro. Cause like I said, I, I you know, I've always wanted to uh you know, I've, I've never really I've, I'm you know, I, I talk, you know, you know me, bro. Like I talk a lot on social media, yeah. you know what I mean? I possibly but it's I've different never, here though. Yeah, yeah different. Different, but I've never but honestly, like I've never told my story like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Publicly. Like people don't really yeah. understand, they don't understand the motivation and the drive behind the things that I do. So, you know. Yeah. To have a platform to do that, man, I'm 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 in debt to you, bro. I appreciate it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, man. You know how that is, man. You know, um, and I like for me, I want to thank. I want uh, he had to drop off, but I want to thank Billy. Also, you just heard from him a little bit. I want to thank uh, Catfish just for giving me the platform. This was lit, man. To be, able, to be able to have these conversations, man, and you know, this is all this is this is a family affair, man. We like I trust 
them. We trust each other. I treat like like I talked to you last night, man. I asked you, I was like, just whatever you tell me what you don't want to talk about because that, that trust, I don't want to put you in that spot. Yeah, man, nah, man. Ever man, ask I you told you, man, I'm open, dog. Like I'm open yeah. book always, man. Like I, yeah. you know, the more I think, I, and I think today, you know, in today's time, you know what I mean, with all the stuff that goes on, you know what I mean, the misinformation and and you know the the people people just take something and run with it. Because that's what I told you. People to real, can take man. your post the wrong way. And that's why I want you to talk. They can't miss it. Like, they hear your passion. They hear what you mean. They hear exactly what you're talking about. So nobody can, now when they see you, when you post certain things, they know exactly what you mean. Right. Or they get a better understanding of what you mean. That, that's what the intent of something yeah, I'm like not just some. I'm not just some crazy, like, former player that's that, yeah. gone, that don't went cuckoo on Facebook. Like <laughs> That's right. That's right. So... With that, man, I think we like we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna this sign off. And like I said, I appreciate every, everybody for checking in. People who are watching it live, people who are gonna watch it later, taking it to the very first Cold World podcast. So there's gonna be more to come, but you can't top the first, my brother Riggs, man. And I gotta say again, something man. before you, you sign off. Okay. Gerald's been on the show a couple times, yeah. and he's yeah, probably yeah, he, he's probably the second most quoted guest we've had. Yeah. Deuce is number one. Deuce is number one. Deuce is number one because he's been on so many times. But one of the biggest uh, things about Gerald is Billy and I have quoted him saying, the offensive line will get you your first four yards. It's up to you to get the next four. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's what that's, you that, said that, last that, year. Remember that? That was that that was, that was was the deal. Like, I, you know, there was a couple things that, you know, I wasn't a big rah-rah guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I didn't really need extra motivation to go out and play. But – one of the re- one of the sayings that I ever that Coach Fulmer said during practice one time that like for whatever reason it stuck with me and it just motivated me even on Saturdays is like hey man they get the first four you get the next four right and it was just and it was like a, it was almost like a it was almost like a toughness you know motto you know what I mean like because yeah. you know playing in that league man like you get you 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 know you learn how to be a man real quick. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. You, ain't no, you, know, you, you can't come off the porch. It's like you learn how to – you know how it was in there. You got to be able to come off the porch. Yeah, man. like you, you ain't no hiding once you get in that SEC, bro. Like, especially if you come in there with any kind of fanfare, any kind of notoriety, any kind of hype behind you, they like, hey, man, like, we need to see they, it. You know what I'm saying? To, and people trying it. to earn stripes off you. Yeah, that. like, exactly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, dudes can't wait to uh, can't take that <laughs> shot at you. You know what I'm saying? Be like, right. yeah, I got him. You know, so that that saying alone, man, was just it was kind of a toughness model for me, man. And I even used that with my high school kids that I trained. And, you know, I play, you know, I coached at a couple schools over the years since I've been out of football. And, you know, when I'm coaching running backs, I tell them the same thing. I say, yo, the offensive line, their job is to get four. Your job is to get the next four. And if you don't get the next four, I'm going to find somebody else that will. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. I don't care where you're from. None of that. If you can't get me the next four, I got to find somebody else. So, so it's correct. So I just talked about, so you, you talked about coach Foreman told you that how long ago I hear coach Brad, I told him this years ago, I was like, you, when you were saying it, I probably, I heard it, but it didn't register as you know, talk. Right. Stuff you used to tell me, it's like, it's a great day to get better. It's like, hey, the thing about, you know, it's, you know, it's a great, it's like the thing hey. about, you know, you don't want to go to practice, but you know, you got to do it and you don't go into work. It's like, I have that set. I keep hearing all that stuff he said to me about my life. You know, what's crazy is Coach Brooks is another one. And, love that, man. Love, and, love and Coach Brooks, Brooks was man. another one that, that resonated with me. And I even, and I remember one year I was coaching at the private school that I was working with. And it was one of those years, like, we were playing well, but 
you know, it was kind of hard to come to practice. There was a lot going on. We were asking a lot of them, and guys were just kind of beat up mentally. And I pulled out an old Coach Brooks one. I was like, hey, so for, for like the next three weeks, I was like, it's Monday, best day of the week. You know what I mean? It's Tuesday, <laughs> best day of the week. It's Wednesday. Right, man. Best day of the week, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, in the middle of, you know how it is in the middle of the season. You sitting there right before their horn blow. Like, man, I don't feel like doing this. And he right. comes running You're past like, you, oh. hit you. Great day to get better. Like, let's go, man. Yeah, let's go, man. Yeah. Let's get it let's cranked go. up, man. You know what I yeah. mean? Whatever it takes. What's that one that Billy says? He said that Coach Brooks would say, "Hey, if you could fly with the owls at night, you you, you can soar with the eagles in the morning." Yeah, and that's like <laughs> yeah, it is. If you can fly with the owls at night, you can soar with the eagles in the morning. Get up, get it done. If you gonna do one, do the other. It's like that. Yeah. Hey, that's funny yeah. though, because you remember, like, one quick story before we go. Y'all, of course, you know, Coach Brooks was like, "Hey, man, we don't cuss. We don't. We don't do none of that. You know what I mean? Nah, you ain't got to nah. do all of that. You know what I mean? Right. There's nope. no need for any of that. He didn't. He didn't really yell. He didn't do all that. Oh, uh, he didn't yell. Yet. He didn't do nothing. So I remember one day, you know, the running back room was right around, was down, right down next to the D line, yeah, room. It was yeah, like yeah. two doors down. Yeah. So I remember one day, like our meetings were kind of slow. So I was like, all right, man, I'm gonna go use the bathroom, go and mess with somebody else, and they meetings, whatever. <laughs> so I remember one day, they sitting there, and Coach Brooks is at the table, at his little, at his desk, and he got the computer right here. Yeah. And everything, you know, so he can run the film. And he's sitting right here, and then there's guys in front of him. Yep, that's it. And Ron sitting, Ron Harris is sitting in front of him. Deacon, Greg Jones was like in front of him. Then you had Fabulous, uh, a Briar Franklin. Then you had uh, <laughs> you know, all those guys in there. It was a yeah. nice little group of guys. In oh, there, yeah, right? you just named off some, some studs right there. Right. Uh, so I'll never forget. You know, you know how the deal was, and everybody mean room. If you if you if you start if you catch some Z's, they're gonna throw that water on you. Yeah. If they catch you catching Z's, they're gonna throw that water on you. So LeBron's sitting there asleep. Greg gets the water and tries to throw it over his shoulder to get LeBron. Well, LeBron wakes up at the last second <laughs> and moves. And he hit Brooks. Oh, he hit there. Oh, what the, I, Brooks got the TV, got the, got the computer wet, got everything right. <laughs> All of a sudden, now remember, we just said Coach Brooks don't cuss. He he every now and then, it depends. Hot dang. He no, no, it wasn't even got dang. It was he dropped that. the F. He dropped Bro, the F. He said he was like, and, 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 and you know, oh. we were here on our own platform, so I can say it. Coach Brooks goes, God damn it. Uh, 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 wake your, Leron, Greg, wake your ass up. Fabulous, where's your progress report? Uh, he just started going off on everything, bro. And like he got around, he went around the whole room and like, and then he came back to Greg again. God damn it, Greg, wake your ass up. Like, <laughs> like and I never laughed so hard in my life, bro, because it was like Coach Brooks don't never do that. And he went God. off. And then we got to practice, and I was like, Coach Brooks, you straight? He was like, Yeah, man. <laughs> I just got lost. That's my dude. Man, I was like, you, had, I was like, you had a uh you had a little PTSD. You had a little flashback, didn't you? He was like, yeah, I don't know what happened. Man. I'm, I'm going I'm to try to get coach. I'm going to try to get coach on him, man. I don't know he'll. Like, hey, I love that man, dude. Like, I, can say I love him. I, I, I say it unabashedly. I love him um, because he took me in when when I was playing defensive end. I, I, like for years, I when he didn't think I was getting enough reps at end, he would put me in. He would look at and during the game. 
He's like, you know, the plays put me in a D tackle before I moved over permanently. Right. My, my senior year, he would play me at D tackle when he didn't think I was playing enough at the end. And it's just like, it was more to it than that. He just, the way he would come and talk to me, and because we come from, you know, he's from Kings Mountain, North Carolina, I'm from Gabby, like we're from 20 minutes apart. And we just had that connection. And people talk about, you know, their coaches who try to put on, they try to talk like you to do whatever, to try to connect with you. Yeah, he, they put on that front, yeah. bro. He was, he was, from the time I met him to right now, to whenever, he never changed, but he had that connection with, Black, well, white, the who, who, it didn't matter. The reason why he was, he was authentic. And other coaches like him was because, you know, the type of guys that we were, even, and I came to, and I'll be honest, like, I'll go back, you know, to the reason why I ended up going to Tennessee was because of guys like yourself and the, in the, in the, in the, the ways that y'all established a culture. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I want to go and play for that. Like, you got to be a real, you got to be real to go there and play. Like, right. you got to be a dog. You got to be real. You got to be a man. You got to be a guy that can, you know, that can, that can take it. You know what I mean? To yeah. actually go to Tennessee and, and be successful. So, you know, just being able, just like that, that, that whole way of doing things, man, like it just, it resonates with you because in this business, there's so many, there's so much fake nonsense that goes on. And we've seen it. You saw it with the coaches and fake coaches and fake talk where they talk. He was always authentic himself, consistent. Right. And you can appreciate that. You'd be like, all right. right. Even if I don't like everything you guys say, bro, like I can rock with you because I know you're always going to be 100 about everything that's going on. And that was Coach Brooks. That was Coach Brooks. I don't know how you felt about Chief. But, but see, I, the Chief's the reason why I came there. That, that's the same way. we're from we're from South Carolina. Yeah, he recruited me. It was crazy because I remember after my sophomore year when I was thinking about transferring, Chief and Coach Brooks pulled me in the office and was like, "Do you want to come over to defense?" And I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Cause I was an All American linebacker too in high school." Yeah. So they were like, "I mean, you know, we got a spot for you." Like, over it's here. like you know, I was like, you know, Emo, you could be a lot like Emo was and come over to defense. And I was like. Man, Dominique was a lot, was a running back. Like, it was right, like, yeah. I was like, man, I just had the running back bug, bro. But if I could look back on it, I'm like, man, I probably would have took him up on the offer. Bro. Like, like, I'll make you a first rounder, you know. I, right, I, that's I, what I, exactly I, what he said. He was, yeah. like, he was like, he was like, you'll get paid if you come over here, and I'm like, yeah. I'm gonna get paid playing running back too. And they were like, okay, well, if that's what you believe. Okay, you know, yeah. and you know, we're not gonna deter you from that. We believe in you. We just, you know. We know you've had some struggles over there on that side of the ball, and you know what I mean. You know, not it's less pounded. No, I know, I know the sale. It's less pounded. You don't have to get hit. It's just like, yeah, I know what he told you. Yeah. I know exactly what he told you. Exactly. So I was like, uh, I'll never forget that. I was like, oh, man. Chief called me about. I, it's crazy. I talked to him like what was it, two months ago. He called me and we talked. Man, it was it was it was one of those things, man. It was like just just having that connection with those folks after all these years, and we went through some stuff, but we. Oh, we yeah. reconnected. We're good. That's like so that's like good. me and Randy, bro. Like that's like me and Randy Sanders. Like I swore Randy hated me when I was in school. <laughs> I swore he hated me. Well, I'm gonna tell you, Chief didn't talk. We didn't. I was a start. I started defensive tackle that '98 season. He barely talked to me. He would come to the huddle if he wanted to tell me something. He would tell Coach Brooks. He's standing <laughs> right in front of me, and he would say something to Coach Brooks to tell me he's standing two feet away from me. Now, it was something that happened before that, that, you know, we kind of had some words and, you know, right. but he would literally tell Coach Brooks to tell me something while I can hear you talking. <laughs> like, I can hear you, bro. Like, I can hear you. I can hear you, and man. It, 
And it wasn't until 2007 when they were playing in the SEC championship game and we went down there. And I was like, we we because we had a suite up there. It was a whole bunch of yeah. yeah I remember, I remember like, all that. We went to the locker room. I was like, yeah, I'm good. They were like, nah. Somebody he's like, Coach Chavis wants you to come in. I'm like, they about to play. He don't like it. He's like, nah. He wants you to come in. So we went back there. I went to the back, back there at the wall. He was standing at the front, and it was just like I looked, and we kind of like he looked at me, and he was like, come in. He's like, you know how dudes are. We ain't gonna we have issues. We ain't gonna talk about nothing. It's yeah. just like he came up. He was watery out. He hugged me. He was just like, said, I love you, love you too. It was just like, that's it. And it right. was like, it was and if you know Chief, and anybody who knows Chief, like, that's all he needed to say. That's all, that's all. I, like, I didn't need to. I didn't, I didn't need to. He wasn't a man of many words. So yeah. it was like, okay, if he did that, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. He was, the, I knew something was up when he, he was like, yeah, you need to come in. So I, I, I was good. So yeah. You know, look, that's, that's the reason why I was, that's the big, big reason why I was there was Chief. We, he's from South Carolina too. We had that connection. Right. So he's from Dillon. So yeah. Like, yeah, that was crazy because, like, the reason why I came was Woody. Woody, Woody, and, yeah. And when Woody left to go to Mississippi State to take the OC job, you know, at, uh, under Sylvester Croom, like, that was what kind of that, – that was another thing that screwed me up, too, because I was like, the one person I felt like was my ally here, like, is gone. Yeah. And I was like, man, I don't know. And then Trooper came in, and then Trooper was like, okay. It was funny because, like – we were at bowl practice, getting ready to play in the Peach Bowl. And I'll never forget this story. We playing, we had a scrimmage in practice. And, you know, it was ones versus ones, but I think Seb was nicked up, Jabari was nicked up, so they didn't want to waste them for the game, so they put me in. <laughs> and I had like 200 and something against the first team defense, like just killed them. And they were like, and, and Troop comes over, he was like, so what's up, man? Like. You know, what's the name, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you're going to have a big week this week. And I literally laughed in his face. I was like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? And he was like, what you mean? Like, what you laughing about? I was like, fool, I don't play. And he was like, what you mean you don't play? Why You like, no, like, I just saw what you just did. Like, you don't play? I said, no, I don't play. And Coach Fulman was standing right next to me, like right here like this. And he goes, why don't you play? And I said, ask that dude right there. <laughs> ask that you know, and after that, Troop was like, "Hey, man, I rock with you, dog. So we're gonna we're gonna get you on the field the next year." And then, of course, you know everything happened. You know, blah blah. Yeah. blah. But so yeah, I'm gonna tell you, crazy stuff, man. My my wife just texted me said it's gonna be a cold world in my house if I don't. Yeah, if you don't get your <laughs> so, butt off this computer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I see y'all, man. All right, fellas, appreciate you. All right, go balls.